0: have with us in the studio tonight, Terry Ball, pastor of Castle Rock Baptist Church. Welcome, Terry. Great to have you with us.
1: Good to be here, Joel.
0: Terry, first of all, tell us a little bit about your church uh, and your denomination. Uh, What kind of Baptist?
1: We're Southern Baptists. We're a small church located in uh, Castle Rock. We've been in Castle Rock since 1977.
0: Uh, It's interesting that you still have the name Baptist in your name. That's uh, rather unusual nowadays, isn't it?
1: Uh, Yeah, a lot of churches seem to be getting away from uh, identifying uh, with their denomination or even the philosophy of which their denomination was stated.
0: Yeah, I I think that's true not just of the Baptists, but uh, other denominations as well. I'm uh, with the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, and I think the church I attend is the only one that calls itself Presbyterian, their community or their this or that. Explain to us what it means to be a Baptist. Would you do that? Okay, a
1: Baptist. Not being raised in the church, uh, the word Baptist comes from baptizo, which is to immerse. Uh, It is a style of baptism where the person is completely underwater. I always liken it back to uh, John the Baptist. He came from the wilderness preaching repentance of sin, uh, and uh, I believe that um, perhaps we should go back to that direction just a little bit, but... Mm -hmm. uh, Baptism has to do with a believer's identification, with the death, Mm -hmm. the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: So it's a a public testimony of uh, what Christ has done in your life, that you're taking a stand for Christ?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Romans 6 says Mm -hmm. that I now walk in the newness of life. And Mm -hmm. uh, when people come up out of the waters of uh, baptism, uh, I see that as such a thrill to my heart to watch a person who has a, a new life. Uh, and now they see it uh, and they've made a public confession to all who would witness
0: uh, uh Southern Baptists is a uh, it is your denomination, right? Right. Well, what tells a little bit about the Southern Baptists?
1: Well, um I'm told they are the largest Protestant denomination in the world. Uh they are very active in uh missions. They are very active in evangelism globally actually. Uh you've heard of a number of deaths uh I believe in Afghanistan Uh, Also in Baghdad, doctors and nurses who were killed, uh, you'll find out that those were Southern Baptists, so they do have a global impact.
0: Wow, that's uh, that's interesting. I understand that Southern was when uh, the Baptists separated and went in the Civil War, and there were the Northern Baptists and the Southern Baptists. Correct, correct. Sort of the position on slavery and some of those things.
1: Yes, correct. And and actually, I've seen a mans uh, he was a black pastor in upstate New York, Southern Baptist Church. And in their church constitution, it said that they would not worship jointly with black people. And it was interesting to me because it's upstate New York, and they had a black pastor, and it's obvious nobody was reading the paper.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They weren't reading their old rules. Well, tell us about your background, uh, where you grew up, uh, your parents. You have some siblings, brothers and sisters. And and then a little bit about your wife and your family.
1: Um, I grew up in southern Ohio, just a little bit north of uh, Cincinnati to a uh, uh, mother and father. My, my father died uh, when I was uh, 12 years old, and my mother uh, basically at that point in time began praying for me and I have a younger brother for our salvation. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know it, but she was very faithful with that, uh, her and my aunt, and in doing so, uh, I did come to the Lord. We were not raised in the church. We um, Occasionally, I had a grandparent, who would take us to some vacation Bible studies or vacation Bible schools. But to have an exposure to the organized church, Christianity, or the scriptures, uh, I didn't have any of that growing up.
0: So when did you come to a point of faith? And we'll get back to your own uh, family, but uh, since we're talking about that, uh, when did you come to a point of personal commitment to Christ?
1: Well, I, I look at it, uh, I was in a jail cell when I begged Jesus Christ to save me and um, through a whole list, a whole series of events, uh, I was released uh, and um, it, my world didn't get any better.
0: Now was that in Colorado? or was it? Yes, it was.
1: Okay. Yes, yes it was. And uh, my world just, it, it, it just kind of, actually it fell apart. This would be 1980 it was 82, 83, 83, mm-hmm. I believe it was. And, um, Literally, uh, uh, I I found a church, I sought out a pastor and asked for baptism because that was really all I knew, Uh, and uh, he baptized me, and I asked, what am I supposed to do next? And he said, read the Gospel of John. I read the Gospel of John, and then I thought, I'll be really spiritual, I'll read it twice. Uh, At that time, I was in construction, and being in construction, I immediately became the guy who took care of the building maintenance of the church, and it was in Parker But um, it was obvious at that time, uh, a lot of churches have missed the mark on discipleship. And uh, through some horrifying things in my life, I literally got mad at God.
0: Now, were you into uh, sort of the drug scene and some of those other things?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I grew up with it. Uh, I, I strove to be the best I could at it. Over-motivated, maybe.
0: you're that kind of guy. You know, that, <laughs> whatever you do, it's 100%. <laughs> well, you're going to just get after it. Tell us about your, your own immediate family and your I, church.
1: Okay. I have a brother and sister-in-law and two nieces, uh, or a niece and a nephew who live in Aurora. Uh, mm-hmm. They actually attend our church. Um, my wife is the reason I continue to have a job. She plays the piano and is mm-hmm. over the music. Uh, and then my youngest son is still at home. Uh, He's the one who tells me what I should preach on Sunday mornings. Oh, he does. Then I have a a daughter and an older son, uh, an older daughter who are studying out of state in college.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about, uh, I understand that you were an elder at the church you're at right now as pastor. Correct. And uh, that you were asked to become become the pastor. Is that correct?
1: Right. Um, Southern Baptist. Moved away in the early 1900s, I believe it was, from an elder form of government. Our church, through uh, numerous splits and controversies, went back to an elder government, uh, uh, elders who are the leadership of the church. During that time when we went to that, I was approached to become an elder, and um, I'll be honest with you, I fought it for almost a year and eventually did become an elder. Uh, Mm -hmm. Then we did, at that time, we did a year internship uh, and in becoming um, uh, an elder in that year, uh, two men that I truly admire, who walk with the King, said they believe that I have been called to preach. I told them to repent. <laughs> and in that process, I would we were set aside. Me and another gentleman, Willie, you know Willie. Yes, I do. Uh, became uh, elders, and uh, shortly thereafter, uh, our pastor left, mm-hmm. and they asked me if I would uh, teach from the pulpit until they find somebody. Uh, in June will be 10
0: years. Okay, well that's kind of a long interim pastor, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish they would hurry. <laughs> oh, that's marvelous. Well, um, here's another thought that comes to me. I don't know you as well as I would like to, but I I see you as a self-taught, or, or rather a God-taught person. Uh, you're a man that uh, loves the Word and hasn't had a whole lot of formal education, but uh, Ellie Maxwell, Ted Rendell, and others that I have known uh, were self-taught. That is, uh, in fact, Ted Rendell has a library, I understand, of around forty volume, 40,000 volumes. Mm-hmm. Mine's more like 40. Yeah, mine. mine I, I have <laughs> but, four. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th- this, is, this interests me because uh, here's a person that came out of construction, and he had a wild life as a young person, and God got him saved, and uh, now he's... Uh, has a passion for study and preaching and teaching the Word of God. And uh, I know you spent a lot of time reading good books and commentaries. And I assume that when you were younger, you were not an avid uh, scholar. I mean, it's sort of like I think of you as a sort of a C student uh, through high school, and there were other things you were more interested in. Uh, what is it that got you to where you just became focused on studying and learning the Word of God?
1: Well, as I shared with you um... You know, I got involved with the church in Parker, and um, a lot of things happened in my life at that time. Uh, the economy went down, and I was in construction, and uh, I lost, I uh, ended up having to sell my house, and just a lot of horrifying things happened to me then, and, and I got mad at God. I had some business dealings with Christians that didn't seem to be Christ-centered, and and I kind of got offended, and um For whatever reason, actually, it was on this radio station, I heard a program on Grace to You by John MacArthur on the sufficiency of Scripture. Mm. And so I listened to that and ordered the tapes and um, realized uh, that Christ is in the Scriptures. And if I wanted to see Christ uh, take my eyes off man, Look to the scriptures and and i I had an anger about me i'll I'll be honest with you and in that anger i said uh i'm going to get my Bible out, and I'm gonna find a contradiction in this book, and when I find my contradiction, then I can set this thing aside and get on with it uh That was uh about sixteen years ago.
0: So you were just going to kind of throw it all off and, uh, and, and uh, do something else, basically.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I started a, a study of Scripture uh, because I'd heard this message on the sufficiency of Scripture. And I said, if that's true, then I'm going to find a contradiction in there or it will be sufficient. Um, I, I'm not a, a, a student, an avid student at anything. I appreciate you thinking I could make a C <laughs> I've I seen a C once, um, but um, it I don't like I never liked reading at all. Uh, I think I've read, uh, I'm one of the few people in the world who have read War and Peace. Um, I can't tell you why. I had to read some stuff in high school, but uh, I don't like to read. And I, I guess it proves that the king does have a sense of humor because he said, that's what you're going to do.
0: Well, the passion was in your heart. And real, that's really what I want to... Uh, bring the last few minutes of our time together, and that is, uh, what is your uh, spiritual passion, Terry?
1: Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, My concern is this. I have watched in just the years that I have walked with the King that we've managed to separate Jesus Christ from his Bible and from his church. That's a sin. My passion is the Lord Jesus Christ in his church, in His Word. You can't separate the three of them.
0: Now, let's talk about the, uh, how the church has gotten away from... Jesus says, I will build my church. And in your mind, are you saying then that in Matthew 16, where He said, I will build my church, what He had in mind, what we see today, there's a difference there.
1: Oh, absolutely. What I see is different. Um, I see men coming uh, with business ideas to build the Lord's an eternal entity. And I don't see how it's possible. If we neglect the Word of God, then you're not building His church. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that through a, a whole series of things—Sunday school, uh, "quote unquote" parachurch ministries, and things like this—what uh, the Body of Christ was designed for uh, isn't there anymore. We we have bought um, the line that says I have professional ministers and I'm in the congregation.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking of Sunday school. Uh, Sunday school. Uh is uh, becomes a detriment can become a detriment in that we we turn over to our Sunday school teachers the instruction of our children as parents. Is that absolutely
1: what you know? absolutely and, and and the parents just want a babysitter sometimes. You know when uh, Pharaoh uh, was going to allow Moses and the children of Israel to go worship, he says, "Leave your kids here and just go on out in the wilderness and worship." Uh, we do that today. You know, we're going to do it our way, and who's watching the kids?
0: Well, as a church, uh, we'll, we'll be talking about this whole idea of uh, of getting away from the Word of God, expository preaching, and going to topical uh, or experience-oriented or need-oriented. We're going to be talking about uh, seeker-friendly churches and uh, what your position is on that. Uh, but I think that we'll just pull this together tonight and... Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything. uh, Would you like to add anything as we close our program tonight, Terry?
1: Um, You know, uh, Joel, I appreciate this time. I appreciate what the King has done in bringing you into my life. I appreciate uh, the unity of the Spirit, Mm -hmm. and uh, may we both press on to the upper calling of Jesus Christ.
0: Well, thank you, Terry. Uh, This has been Terry Ball with us tonight, pastor of Castle Rock Baptist Church, and uh, we invite you to tune in next Sunday night as we continue our conversation together good night